Hey folks, season five is over, so we're bringing you the audio from our post-season talkback, which we aired live last Wednesday on Quests and Chaos. If you would like to see the video version of this talkback, you can find it on Quests and Chaos YouTube channel or on our website. After this, we're taking a little time off. You can get more details about that at the end of this talkback episode, but we should be back with regular main feed episodes in early July. Enjoy! Oh my god, are we recording? That's sick. Hello and welcome to our postseason wrap-up known as the Unredacted Reports. I'm Alondra Heilman, aka Agent Harker. And for some inexplicable reason, I have once again been invited to help wrangle these trolls and feelings into an organized collection of thoughts. Uh, it feels like it was many eons ago, but also not that long ago since this particular band of ruffians was gathered here. And so many things have happened since the last time we were together. So, let's do a quick round of introductions. Who am I joined by tonight? Hi, I'm Ben Soslowski, and I play Rooster. Hi, I'm Tiana Ren Hansen, and I play Agent Rowan. I have no clue who these people are. <laughs> Dan Voshkevich, and I'm the handler. Hey, I'm Christy Bauer, and I play uh, Agent Reagan. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross, and not Rory this time. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Seth Jones, and I play Agent River. Hey, Ben, I thought you were going to dress up, too. Oh, shit. Uh, hold on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 Significantly better. Excellent. Sleeves are oppression. <laughs> okay. Oh and of course, uh, we are also joined Where the by. Hell did you know that? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, that's hey hey. Everyone yeah. can be surprised, but me. Those are the rules. Disney on ice. Beautiful. I, I asked my my three year old if I could borrow it. And of course, uh, we are all joined by all of you, our wonderful listeners and supporters. Uh, before I go any further in my script, I will do the thing that I always forget to write down, which is a huge shout out and thank you to Quests and Chaos, who distributes our podcast and also is allowing us to invade their lovely studio tonight with this shenanigan. Uh, we're very excited to lift just a very, very small section of the curtain uh, to give you a glimpse behind the scenes of how our story comes together. Um, but as we get into it, I do have a few guidelines that I'm going to ask you to follow this evening. Um, if you'd like to ask questions in the chat, you are welcome to do so. To help us find them, I request you please put a big capital letter Q at the beginning of your message. And uh, if you want to use up some of those channel points that we don't have anything else for you to do with, you are welcome to highlight it uh, to help me find it more easily. Please don't spam said questions. We may already have a version of your question, or it might pair nicely with a topic that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, patience is a virtue. I have that written down. Um, we will do our best to get to as many questions as we can in a limited amount of time. Um, and also, while you have been granted clearance for portions of this debrief, there is some knowledge that even now is unknowable to the human mind. So our cell reserves the right to decline to answer questions for any reason without any explanation required. We do have to keep some secrets. Um, so with those guidelines in mind, feel free to start adding questions to the chat. And also please talk amongst yourselves about our responses to the questions and things like that. Also, this is a huge one. A quick word on spoilers. This 
is a spoiler full zone for anything that has happened in Beck in Bedlam, the horror out of Ruth Hollow, season five Ancestors, and the season five Interludes. If you are not fully caught up through Interludes 5.5, enter and listen at your own discretion. That said, since I am a professional killjoy and ruiner of all fun, I have also used the authority of Acel to impose a ban on spoilers relating to anything yet to come. Relatedly, there are many questions that I know you would all like answered that we may not be able to talk about because of things that are in the works, so please be understanding if there's a question you would like answered that doesn't come up. Um, I would also like to take a quick moment uh, to thank those that I know of who submitted questions in advance, whether or not uh, we actually ask those questions. Uh, that includes uh, Leanna, shout out Aunt Vicky, uh, Andrea, Lee, Danny, several members of the cast themselves, and always my favorite academic and beefy, Agent Harold. <laughs> um, we may not have asked your question at all. Your question may have been rephrased or folded in with questions that I had already written. Um, but everything that you submitted helped inform the direction that I'm going to lead this talk back in. And so all of your contributions are always very much appreciated. Thank you so much for wanting to be involved with what we're doing. And now I have done my requisite amount of talking until the end. So let's uh, get some other folks talking and begin. And uh, of course, the best place to begin will be at the beginning of uh, things from our last talk back, which was Beck in Bedlam. So of course, this very open-ended question is for Dan and Seth. Beck in Bedlam was a solo arc featuring River on his own mini quest between our cell activations. Uh, can you both share a little bit about where the idea for the arc came from and maybe how it was harder, easier, or just different from playing a scenario with the whole table? <laughs> yep, those faces right there. So, um, it, I actually found it to be easier uh, to do one-on-one -on -one, uh, sessions. And gaming with, with Seth is actually really easy, because Seth does provide great feedback and gets into character, and it was a chance to give Seth a little bit of a spotlight. We spotlighted other characters in the past for their, you know, for character interactions, for their character arcs, and you know, there's a lot of fun, weird stuff going in, uh, you know, Seth's backstory and Seth's, Seth's little story. So, you know, back in Bedlam kind of let us uh, open up Pandora's box, because everything came out of that one, right? <laughs> All the crazy stuff. Including hope. Yes. Um, uh, do you want to talk about where the name Beck in Bedlam came from? Sure. Because I know, obviously, but... Uh, Beck is another word for stream or river, and Bedlam is, you know, the you know, the old Bethlehem uh, hospital, which is also known as chaos and craziness. So river in chaos. Do you have anything um, you want to share about what it was like doing a solo arc? Oh, well, I have to talk a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, um, that's the main thing is, is, you know, I can't, I can't let you know Ben and and Ren take, <laughs> take take the lead and fill the space when I'm thinking of something to say. <laughs> um, you had plenty enough to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, and you know it it when you're when you're there and you're the person on the spot, sometimes you just have to say something 
with, without being prepared of what you're going to say, which is not something I'm used to, but it made some very interesting moments. Yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that in doing the the single person, or later on as we'll talk about with, with two people in the session, um, it gives these players a chance to be themselves and not necessarily have to worry about what other people are doing. Um, and really jump out and explore character thoughts and what are the characters thinking. We get that a lot in, in our uh, intros and the past seasons that we've had where people talked about their thoughts, but in the smaller uh, individual type of episodes, then we can really dive into you know, motivations, why are they doing it, where are they going, uh, why are, you know, just a lot of whys. Not always wise, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and of course, also there's the point that finally Dan opened up the, the, the magic box and let me know just a little bit of what the heck is going on <laughs> River and Javier and, oh and whoever those other two guys are. <laughs> <laughs> and I also got to attack the stairs again. Oh. You know. Stairs. You got to keep those recurring nemeses because now mm. it's a bit, right? Oh yes, I, I I rolled the dice and looked down and said, "Please don't kill me." <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I mean, the fact you that tried an eight witch. Uh, <laughs> shotgun blast. Uh, there were so many possibilities. Chairs, not the chairs, the, the stairs. chairs, the stairs. Yeah, yeah. a lot of times. I mean, the fact that uh, rolling an 88 is pulling a river now. Yeah. You know, you know the, the, the hobo with the knife in front of the library. I try to kill you a lot. <laughs> yes, you it's did. It's actually more dangerous to be in a solo arc, I'm finding. It does. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Rory was fine until like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> was he? He got struck by lightning. That's fine, <laughs> relative to everything else you guys do. That's like an infinitesimal moment in one's life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sometimes yeah. it's the last infinitesimal moment. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how well you rolled. At least Clearly. he was warm. Yeah. Oh. Um, another, so I'm not sure the best way to phrase this question, but it did come up a couple of times. Um, so I will, I will ask it in case you have any thoughts on it. Um, but Seth, one thing that has been mentioned a few times is how uh, interesting it was to see the different investigative styles of all of our cell and how much River's style of investigation is so different. Um, was that a thing that you have noticed and or after having to play this whole solo arc where you had to make all the decisions and you didn't have anyone to lean on, did you find that that kind of changed the way you approached investigation as River going forward? Uh, no. <laughs> um... <laughs> It was, honestly, I was just being myself and doing what came to mind and and, and like, like I do, you know, overthinking it between recording sessions. <laughs> yes. The, one of the nice parts, again, about with it being a smaller group for, the, for that session, I'm able to focus the data to the player. So where I would have to maybe, you know, focus to, each in each of the others, each of the rest of these folks. Um, this way, the stuff that I know that River is going to be into, I can kind of you know put that put that on Front Street and give it a spotlight. So that kind of where it all comes around to is you know giving more spotlight. Mm. 
Great. All right. Um, any other uh, thoughts you want to share about Beck in Bedlam? I didn't have a lot of questions about this, partly because it's been a hot minute, and I think we got a lot of reveals within the arc itself. But any thoughts you want to share? I mean, mm. Katie gets to go to college for free. Mm. Yay. Uh, River does not know the value of uh, rare books. <laughs> um, a Sorry. skill that we didn't know was going to become important later, but apparently. It's much more of a Call of Cthulhu oh. skill. The rare books I've heard of are, are not anywhere near that ballpark. <laughs> we, River I, needs to start watching Antiques Roadshow more. I tried to come up with a suitably outrageous sum, and Dad said, nah. Nah. <laughs> but Clopper, Clopper paid you properly, because Clopper knows mm. everybody, right? And, and and then in the in the end, I I can't believe Peasley fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think on that note, we will continue forward. Uh, so this time we had two uh, mini arcs uh, before we got to the main season, uh, and so th we also had a uh, mini arc. No one can see you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just but remember. No one can see you. But they can see Christy's reaction. Um, right now, actually, they might not be on everyone. Usually it's on me when I'm asking the questions. Um, the next mini arc was, of course, The Horror Out of Ruth Hollow, uh, which introduced uh, two new characters to our cell and one new player. So we're just going to go in the order I wrote these because I'm sure there was a reason when I did it three midnights ago. <laughs> Joseph. At the end of season four, your first RSL character, Rory, retired from Delta Green. And so this arc served to introduce your new character, Agent Ross. Mm -hmm. um, can you share a little bit about uh, the thought processes behind creating Ross, how you did or didn't want to make them like Rory, um, and what it was like initially switching uh, between the characters? I feel like I'm still getting I don't know. Sometimes I'm still in the mindset of Rory, I feel like. Um, but initially, it was it was a little different because I knew I was coming in with Christy. Um, so I did defer a little bit to <laughs> some of Christy's ideas. I had my own ideas, but I wanted to build someone that could play off of Christy's character. Well, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't want to, obviously didn't want to do the same skill set. Um, I wanted to do, kind of branch out and do different skills. Um, so not military, not medical, um, just, yeah, it's fit. Yeah. Great. Um, and so of course the obvious next question, Christy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this arc also introduced you and your character Reagan to the podcast. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your ideas for Reagan in so much as you want to share them? Um, and what it was like jumping into an established podcast like this. Was it similar or different from anything else you've done or any other Delta Green tables that you've played at? You guys can sort of co-answer these questions because I know you built your characters together, mm -hmm. but I wanted to... Yeah, I think that's moment. sort of the launching point is that uh, I think when I first got, got brought into this, I didn't know that there was another player who was writing a new character. So uh, as I was developing, Joseph was also developing, and mm -hmm. we had the idea that our characters could know each other and come in together, and chaos ensued. <laughs> yes. um, as far as building Reagan as a character, um, I was aware of the uh, cultural and gender composition of this group, so I was excited to bring someone who 
was a very different build. Um, in addition to like having a lot of that like military and, and stuff uh, already kind of existing, uh, bringing somebody in who was de wildly out of her depth um, <laughs> seemed like a really fun idea. <laughs> TBD. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's going okay if so far. It's fine. I have sanity. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph, do, do your characters ever have sanity? I. It's maybe something I should consider. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe whenever Ross inevitably bites the dust. <laughs> Takes the wrong drug. We, we, we don't want him to, but at the rate you're going, it's always a question. <laughs> I mean, in so. fairness, he does need to smudge his dice fairly seriously. Yeah, I need to true. burn them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah such also possible. Explode. I yes. mean, obviously, when you guys made your characters together, you guys have been friends for so long and have gamed forever mm -hmm. together. That's yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. we are yeah. definitely two people who didn't meet day of. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah. Um, a magical click happened, and uh, I'm I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as I mean. Uh, getting in with the rest of the group, an established group, uh, I'm not super familiar hopping into like a very long-standing game, but um, it was very interesting um, jumping into a very well-established world and especially one built on uh, the rules constantly changing. Well, and, and I know from behind the scenes, uh, hey Christy, how much of the redacted reports had you listened to prior <laughs> to joining the podcast? Well, Elantra, that would be a big old goose egg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find that made it easier or harder to jump in? Um, at uh, I made the or active. Neutral. Yeah, yeah. Having not having listened to it, I made the active choice not to, so that I wasn't coming in with knowledge that my character wouldn't have already possessed. Which is the problem I had. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a lot easier for me to maintain that separation mm. between the two things and and not act with all of the weird knowledge that um, <laughs> yeah. I may or may not have had. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I will say I am starting to actually listen through things. I think Reagan's been around enough that she's going to be having heard stories from the group anyway, so she can get caught up a little bit. Yeah. And Joseph, I had a, I had a question uh, for you. Is it hard for you to not know as much medically as, uh, <laughs> as, 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 especially as you just do so many drugs at the burn. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, it's like I have to like bite my tongue or like put it in the comments. Like if Rory was here, he would say this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because Rory had a lot of my own knowledge in play because I'm as a pharmacist. Like I could bring a lot of that knowledge in, and then Ross's skill set is. Maybe there's some overlap with my own personal skills, but not very much. Um, so that's very, it's fun to kind of play that, yeah. Yeah, you know what people can legally have. You don't know why they can or can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, well, I think that talks a little bit about the intro of the character, so let's get a little more into the actual meat of the mini arc. Uh, we'll throw this one over to Dan, and then you guys can popcorn in. Um, this arc kind of got back to uh, what I consider some of the purest Lovecraftian elements that we've had in a while. Obviously, there's Eldritch Horrors all the time, um, but this is a little more truly, specifically Lovecraftian. Um, is there anything you want to share about why you picked this story to introduce the new recruits, and were there any unique challenges in bringing in two new characters, especially with one established player and one new player? You kind of talked about this a little bit, and as much as you want to share about any of that. Um, my initial concern was, was there going to be chemistry? After 
we did do an initial game with Christy, see how things were, and things things hit off pretty well. It's like, all right, sweet, this is gonna work. But still, when it gets to the record, when it's you, when you have you know limelight and you're just sharing it with another person like this, uh, I didn't know how they were gonna gonna click. And then, like less than five minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is golden. This is just <laughs> made my life truly easier. Spent like five minutes talking before recording. Yeah. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the characters melded well together. With this, because they didn't have the traditional Delta Green backgrounds, they didn't have military, um, they didn't have police, they weren't part of government organizations, I wanted to go, I had the opportunity here to go to like a pulpy Lovecraftian classic idea. So I stole from the Dunwich Horror. For anyone Back who hadn't figured it out yet. <laughs> Very much done with horror, yeah. with a little bit of the color out of space as well. You know, it's in there, in there for uh, a little bit of flavor. You know, salt and pepper, but the uh, <laughs> a little rosemary and thyme. Yeah, a little bit. What happened to the and sage? It's gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the I wanted to pull those ideas in and introduce some classic characters with new spins on them, and uh, maybe maybe change up things a little bit. And, and and have have fun with it because I don't think either of you have read the Dunwich Horror at least prior to this, so I could bring in all brand kind of new and have you go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> 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 to be fair, I have read it and I was going, what the fuck is going on here? Maybe that's why I was just cackling the whole time. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> um, Great. Um, uh, I don't have a good way to ask this question, so I'll just like ask it the awkward way. Uh, do you want to talk about the Shakespeare references? <laughs> uh, and then we can talk about the revelation we had on Sunday about further Shakespeare references. Uh, so I know that we have many folks that are involved in theater, and we have folks that have, you know, in our in our community that are very very Shakespeare heavy, and, and I was like, well. I need different names because I don't want to use the Lovecrafty names because I want to kind of spin them. So I grabbed a lot of stuff from Titus Andronicus for this because uh, in Titus Andronicus, there are so many characters. And I was like, oh, if I pull one or two or three, maybe, maybe people will pick up on the, uh, the little Easter eggs. Uh, and then we <laughs> were talking about this on Sunday, at which point I was like, oh, I thought it had to do with the fact that both the new agents picked Shakespearean agent names. And everyone went, huh? Uh, where did your name come from, Reagan? Uh, Reagan is a reference to The Exorcist. Uh, so incidentally, <laughs> uh, fell into this. But also as a character from King Lear. And yes. uh, Roz, where did your name come from? Uh, I, was, I was looking at lists of names that start with R. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a character yeah. from the Scottish play. So I thought that was very funny for me personally. <laughs> Coincidences. Yeah. Uh, um, Winky dinks and shit. As we uh, learned that it, it just goes deeper and deeper and there mm. is no escape. Get the string, red string out. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll talk about. No. Yeah. Do you need to make a note? <laughs> no, no, no. So, we'll just... Harold and I, Agent Harold and I, were listening to it at the same time when it came out, in a conversation with Ren, and I hadn't listened to it before, and it what we were going down fucking <laughs> rabbit holes. It was great. We we were looking for we latched onto Titus Andronicus and we were looking for for character allegories and stuff and the pigs and oh does this have to do with Circe? And 
No, it was it was a lot simpler than that. Yeah. The answer was horror movies and alphabets. Um, <laughs> although, um, incidentally, you did segue into my next question, uh, which is for the table. Yeah, oops. Um, <laughs> um, we did something different for this arc. Uh, we, the redacted reports that hadn't been done before, this arc was played as a closed table. Uh, so Tiana, as the editor of the show, had to hear the episodes, obviously, in order for them to reach the audience. But uh, Ben and Seth were not actually allowed to listen to the episodes until they were released. Um, so I wanted to just put it to the table if we, if anybody had thoughts on what that was like, either for Tiana having a more limited pool of people to get feedback from and assistance on the back end of getting everything ready, from Seth and Ben on experiencing the story alongside uh, the public, um, and also the fact that I went back and looked, and you had already recorded like two or three sessions of season five and before any of this was released, and you got mm -hmm. to hear any of their backstory. And that was very deliberate. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you had your hand up. So you want to start? Well, I, so I was yes, I was going to mention that that yes, we we went into the start of Ancestors not knowing anything about these two new characters, including their names. Um, I will say that somebody <laughs> did drop a, a brief mention of owls in our own chat. Mm -hmm. So I threw in a, a dig at a, about owls very early on. But that, <laughs> that was the only spoiler I had. <laughs> yes, yeah, similarly, there had been some mention of interns so I, th I specifically threw that in, just because that's all I knew. I'd say, at the time, my own personal FOMO kicked in hard. Um, in retrospect, ooh, retrospect, that's a good R word. Um, I what are other R words? <laughs> Everyone in the chat, drop your favorite R word while we talk about this. Even PG-13. Wow. And, 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 and no slurs. And no slurs. Okay. I will ban you. Um, but as usual, in retrospect, Ren was right. And I'm actually very happy that I didn't know anything about the two because, like, Christy and I had some chats around the recording, like, session three or four, that Brewster and Reagan had completely wrong opinions about each other. <laughs> and to be honest, would probably have gotten along really well otherwise, but just had completely wrong assumptions. Yeah. And I'm glad about that because I think it makes a better story. Yeah, to, to piggyback <laughs> off of that, it was it was fun interacting with folks after at least building some relationship mm -hmm. between Ross and Reagan to kind of jump in uh, to especially two other characters that were just like, completely blindsided by the whole t experience. Ren got a little peek. Uh, our last our last recording session for, for Horror Out of Ruth Follow was probably my favorite because uh, Ren was lurking in what I thought was a producerial capacity <laughs> and then showed up at the end to, to rescue us. And I was like, oh, how convenient. It's also an R word. <laughs> I mean, R and R. Rescue was also needed. <laughs> Ruth is an R word. Yeah. Rut row is too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ooh, ancient uh, rut row. I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, another aspect of, of this is that, you know, uh, like Dan mentioned, we had played a, a, a game with Christy 
did you know get a feel for how we how we work together? Mm -hmm. um, and but um, also while this was going on and during the talk back for the last season, we didn't tell any of you. Mm -hmm. That Christy was going to be joining us. That is also true. At the time and of the talk for back in last season, I believe the chemistry game had been played, and I yes. you were at least working on, if not having started and, recording. Room, and there were, and, but then there was a, at least a couple months in there before we started recording Ancestors, during which pe period Christy showed up as a guest on Quest and Chaos, <laughs> and I was, you know, I was spending those few months thinking, you know. I really, she, yeah. she's so much fun to play with. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, coming at it from the producerial, editorial side of things, because I did have to hear everything in order for you lovely folks to hear everything. I was very grateful for the uh, exclusive that we, that we recorded for our Patreon. Five Hours of Sacramento, if y'all aren't on the Patreon, check it out. Um, where Rowan did find out most of what happened <laughs> in Ruth, because it's a long drive back to Sacramento from from Ruth. Oh, Ross and Reagan are very deliberately keeping something. Oh, yeah. and, and there's some things that I know as the player, or, uh, that that I know as the person behind the scenes who mm -hmm. listened to all of it. Yeah, uh, that Rowan doesn't know, and I work very hard to keep those things separate, so she doesn't even think to ask them. But I. I if not for that, I would say, God, I wish I could have had the experience of hearing it without. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are times where it sucks to be the editor, because I would love to have these surprises, like what Seth and Ben got. And I understand the FOMO, but I really enjoyed watching you two experience it. You just enjoyed laughing at me and Harold. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. It I was mean, great, especially because I recognized immediately that it was the Dunwich Horror. As soon as I heard a couple of things, I was like, oh. We, we were researching shit I to try know. and figure it out. We were going to our bookshelves and pulling things off it the shelves. It was amazing. And when, you're, when you were listening and editing, I would get comments occasionally like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, what? <laughs> yes. And then you give me a little brief blurb and I would smile and tee hee hee hee. Yeah. Yes, he, he would get the hee hees at me. <laughs> this is the weird thing for me because as much as I usually overthink everything, when I'm consuming a story, I don't speculate or, or you know, research. I just experience it. And so I have, I've never read the Donish Horror. I have. I have no idea which parts of that came from there or how it's related. I mean, in fairness, but I didn't. I haven't read the Dunwich Horror. I I, I watched the overly sarcastic productions video. It's fantastic, and it hit the salient points that I needed to know to know where he was coming from. I've read the Dunwich Horror like nine times, so I'm so it's sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a good it's read. A good one. It's I, one of I've read it read. once. I just have read Titus Andronicus more often. <laughs> And I think with that, as we uh, get a little bit uh, off the mark, it's time for uh, a quick uh, palate cleanser rapid fire question. You are only allowed to answer this with the direct answer to the question. You cannot explain or justify it. It's popcorn, first thing that pops into your head. We're gonna go around the table, starting with Ben. Oh, shit. The question is, if your character was a wizard, what animal form would their familiar take? Pitbull. Otter. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll I found my pickle. Hey. Oh. <laughs> 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 
I said pit bull. Hey, hey, no, no, no. You're only allowed to answer the question, then you have to shut up. If you can say pass, and we'll come back to you. So. Pass. Pass. It was the character. Correct? Yes, character. Cat. Uh, Cat? I got an answer for me, not the character. <laughs> See, and this is the overthinking portion of things. Yep. Didn't think, so, I didn't hear the character true. part, but it's yes. probably the same. Both, both yeah, that's right. It still works. Yeah. I heard pickle, and I know you hate pickles. <laughs> that's why I was like, what? Yeah. So you, you're supposed to answer quickly, but say the word slowly enough we can understand I'm it. Deaf, oh. So. Anyway. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with cat. Go with cat? Raccoon. Yes. yes. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or Raven, maybe Raven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun little uh, palate cleanser because now we're going to dive into season five proper. <laughs> uh, let me get, sorry, I have to scroll down to the thing. All right, season five, Ancestors. We, of course, always start with our handler, Dan. Dan. Yes. This season was set at The Burn, or yes. That Thing in the Desert, as yes. it is called outside of its formal organizations. Yes. This uh, topic has come up quite a bit in the Discord throughout the season, but for our many listeners who aren't there, could you talk a bit about uh, what led you to choose that setting, how you incorporated elements of both a written and original scenario into that location, and about some of the research and complications involved with choosing a setting whose organization is known to be quite litigious about specific aspects of its terminology and portrayal in media. Yes, they're very protective of their name. But the things, the nicknames that are given to it, um, that gets to fly by a little bit more. Um, I had been part of the burner community in Phoenix and have been to quite a few regional burn events, both in Phoenix, or Arizona, uh, Nevada as well. Um, but not the never been to the Big Burn, and I have many friends that go to the Big Burn every year. Um, they're great folks uh, that that attend. It's a great community, full of creativity and uh, a lot of weirdness, which is which is kind of nice. Um, I chose that because one, I really like to put these folks through difficult. Well, no, hang on, hang on. <laughs> difficult, please. difficult environments. Because I want the environment to be as much of a character sometimes as the characters themselves. Um, I sent them to Yuma, which is, you know, a uh, desert hellscape. I sent them to Idaho. I mean, Idaho in itself. But I sent them into a blizzard in Idaho. Um, I sent them to Afghanistan, um, which, is, which is harsh as well. So didn't really seem out of place to send them to a place where there is no water, there is no uh, permanent public facilities, and the thought and concept that there is this city that pops up in less than a month and it becomes the third largest city in Nevada just blows my mind. Um, I'm fascinated with, with that, so um, that's why I chose it. Um, and with the, the pre-written adventure, the, the scenario, the way, as it was written, it was written to take place in an inner city, in Chicago. We're not in Chicago because our assault takes place everything on the West Coast. Club, club and rave scenes kind of go hand in hand with the burner community. So it was an easy fit. Thought it worked out well. And I, you know, Reverberations, it was a loose inspiration for the, uh, for this, uh, <coughs> this season. All right. Uh, 
Sorry, and, and um, uh, Dan, you've already alluded to the answer to this question, but I'll very quickly just ask it. This was a question from Alessandro. Thank you. Um, which of you, if anyone, has actually attended the Big Burn or any other regional burns? I know Dan says he's attended any some regionals, but not the big one. I don't think any of us have attended. Except, I don't think any of us have, have attended anything uh, except regionals, and I haven't even done like regional. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was as fish out of water as Rooster was. One of my best friends, uh, uh, Jack, uh, goes all the time, and he's been six or seven times now. Sorry, Jack, I don't remember exactly how many times. <laughs> but um, I sat down with him, because we've talked a lot about going together, and I camp with him at the regionals. And uh, I sat down with him one day and just being like, all right, we're going to take it. We're going to drive from Gerlach. Tell me what things are like all along this road. Tell me about gate. Tell me about... Uh, the entrances there and placement and the camps that are there and uh, because I didn't want to step on toes or also deal with uh, any legal issues because we we're broke we're not, we're not <laughs> we don't have a ton of money we thank you for giving us money very much so but um, we don't have the money to defend ourselves in in court or get a cease and desist and fight that so um, I changed the names of almost all of the camps but all of the camps have an analog a real-life analog um, one of the camps I did not change the name of, and you all know which camp that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really funny, because one of the, my next questions that I was going to ask, and you can answer this or not based on that that you just said, um, many, I said many of the camps at ourselves version of the burn are at least loosely inspired by existing groups and camps that attend regional burns or the big thing in the desert. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have to name real names, but can you at least tell us a little bit about some of the camps in uh, season five that were inspired by actual camps mm -hmm. and any that were just made up wholesale or borrowed from other aspects? Uh, so the Queen's Geese is based off of the Twisted Swan, which is, a, which is uh, owned by some of our friends, which is owned by one of our, our mutual people that we know. Mm -hmm. um, and so the Twisted Swan is an Irish pub that gets built on on playa uh the some of the yard cars one of the yard cars is based off of movement of job people but i made it it which is a double decker bus that plays reggae the entire time and it's a little bit bigger on the inside than it is on the outside uh cuckoo con um was based off of mayan warrior sadly mayan warrior caught fire right after we finished That's recording right. and it burned to the ground so mayan warrior mayan warrior will never uh get to the burn again did we rent it no you did not rent it asshole <laughs> Our oh. rental is in one piece. Thank you very much. <laughs> With a couple stab marks and a broken mirror, but look. that's still better than your track record. It's and Reagan even knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so on on that note, with, with the all of the NPCs are based off of real people that I know that are burners, whether they're at the big burn, the small burns, or in admin at at the burner community. So n nearly all of the NPCs, except for the patron ones, those guys are mm -hmm. yours. But the rest, uh, the rest, you know, random is Jack. Yeah. And, uh, but the rest of them are, 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 you know, folks that are real, that are out there, including the guy that gave you the uh, turtles all the way down. There's a buddy of mine I went to high school with, and he actually rents RVs to people to Beautiful. go into the vert. <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, you said that Russell and the Jeep were both based on real things, right? Yes. Yeah, Russell the Love Muscle. <laughs> yeah, Russell the Love Muscle is real. Absolutely real. Uh, it doesn't move though; it just stays. But you can ride it though. <laughs> and the giant jeep is there, and that's Big Willie. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Um, so, 
This question was originally asked for Ben, but I am going to open it up also to uh, Seth and Tiana. So, uh, season four, Downpour, gave us a lot of uh, what was referred to as shooty rooster, which is to say <laughs> rooster back in his military element and falling back to that training and impulse. Um, this season, however, forced Rooster not just out of his element, but into an element where he couldn't fall back on a lot of those things in a lot of ways. And also forced him to have to look at the trauma that he experienced through all of ourselves and his life, but specifically the end of season four and its aftermath, yeah. um, and to actively continue down a path of adaptation and recovery from that. So for Ben, is there anything you want to share about how that shift affected or didn't the way you played Rooster and and how he fits into the team in his current state? And I also want to open that question to include Rowan and River and how the shift from this very like drastically militarily tactical season that you guys had just come out of, did that affect or change anything about the way that you approached um, the freewheeling, unstructured chaos of of the burn and the way you interacted with the team. Yeah. Um, so I knew that Rooster, it's not something you get over and deal with quickly. However, uh, Dan said, okay, we're waiting a year for the next mission. Mm. And I was like, Oh, great. Okay, so I've got to show him in some state. It's not immediate dealing with it. It, it. He's been dealing. And we've seen him at his worst. That was the interlude where Rowan saved him, where he actually asked for help. And I wanted to show him healing and climbing out of it, but not necessarily getting where healthy. He wasn't where he was before this happened. And I really want to show that, you know, progress is progress, but backslides happen too. Um, there was a great moment that you two sold it, where uh, River and Rowan were talking about, is Rooster doing, oh no, he's a philandering dickhead again. <laughs> um, that will remain my favorite phrase of the season. I yeah. would take no questions on that. <laughs> but yeah, part of, it was just the, I don't know, the the setting actually helped me with that because Rooster was just confused. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. He didn't know how to act in this place. And it helped me, especially as a non-military person myself, in somewhere where I didn't have to lean on that, but had no idea what this thing was like either. And really just, try and figure it out as I went and then be able to take moments of healing like with Gravy and um, Gone Elvis yeah. and actually take and those to Ruby. and Yeah, and Ruby. Yeah. That moment, yeah, I, I was able to really build on those things and yeah, uh, see where it went. I, I based Camp uh, Camp Gone Elvis because Gone Elvis means that you know Elvis has left the building. Yeah. Um, military term for people that have retired from the military or left the military. Um, there's an actual uh, camp burner camp called Hell and Back, and um, it's a lot of you know it's it's open to combat. That's 
And I was like, all right, I don't know anybody in the camp, so I can't ask them about it, but let's honor them, give them another name. And because I know the mission that they have to help folks, I was like, you know what? This is a great place to put some of these NPCs and let's get Rooster back on the road to road to getting healthy. Yeah. I mean, the other big part of him getting healthy again was finding Elena again. <laughs> and I don't know if that's something else you have saved for later. Um, if you want to talk about it, uh, now we can, but first let's open to okay. uh, the other two about how the shift to the, between seasons affected them and we'll, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for Rowan, she was out of her element in both seasons. Uh, with season four, she is not military and was very, she has very strong opinions about uh, the fact that police should not be military. She's read a lot of Terry Pratchett. And um, has was very much out of her depth in a very structured environment. I mean, she has very high bureaucracy. She's not out of her depth with structure. She prefers structure in a lot of ways, but the military structure is so outside of her wheelhouse that it might as well just be a different language. Um, going to the burn was completely out of her element in the unstructured sense, but she could lean a little bit more on uh, her her college days and some of the things that she got up to as a young person to be Berkeley. like. <laughs> she was she was a UC Berkeley kid, and uh, yeah, there were some wild stories that come out of that. But she was able to lean a little bit more into that and enjoy the ride because like for the military stuff it was if you say the wrong thing you might get shot with the burn if you say the wrong thing you might get laughed at and that's very fine <laughs> sure anything for you um i wouldn't say so much that the the you know the military aspect of going to afghanistan really impacted how i played this season i kind of tried to explore that a little bit in the season four interludes mm -hmm. um but i was definitely kind of trying to keep in mind um river's relationship with rooster on the one hand you know that kind of awkwardness you feel about dealing with a disability yeah. um but also um there's a River feels a pretty heavy sense of guilt. Mm. And when Dan brought up the thing about, can I have your bones? <laughs> that really oh, triggered oh. River. Thanks, Thorne. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Rooster still doesn't know. And he, he does kind of, though. He, does, he knows there's something, but. He's got the illusion and probably doesn't want the explanation. Yeah. Um, did you want to say something before I throw it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so here's, okay, I'm going to let you know right now, I did not think about the bones. <laughs> I did not, so I did not think about the meat-covered bones, the flesh-covered the flesh meat bones. When, with, when you're thinking about that, do you know what I just, when I, when I thought about it? Just now. Really? Did not even, really? About it. I thought for sure we I, mentioned that. Welcome to the unredacted sure. reports when we have discoveries for everyone. So, you, did, you didn't connect the asking for bones to vacuum sealed meat lumps? No, <laughs> I have, okay. Whoops. We have, you guys Oh have, yeah, Christy, guys, there's vacuum sealed meat lumps. Yeah, I'm Flesh looking forward to it. <laughs> no, you're I not. Can, I can, I'm I can, super not. There's photos on Instagram, well, don't worry. I'll bring you one next time we come out. Great. <laughs> uh, the, 
here's the thing. You guys see what I present in front of you. You don't see all of this other pile of shit that's in my, that I have to deal with that's in my brain about what's going on this season, what I'm trying to juggle, next season and the seasons ahead and the stuff that we might have recorded with other patrons and trying to put all these pieces together. I forget some stuff. I don't <laughs> think it might be tied in, but the fact that you guys put stuff together, I love that you put stuff together. Like, meanwhile, we were over here uh, quoting from Bloodkeep with, uh, with the bones. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I just thought about the whole thing. So like, many bones. <laughs> so many teeth and a tiny little plastic head. And we're going uh, to stop that yeah. one right there, please. Anyway, Elena. Okay. Uh, we're not there yet. <laughs> okay. Because um, you guys don't get the same question because your characters were new, but I was also curious. I want to give you guys a chance to respond to also, like, your first mission with Arsal, and you got thrown into a music festival in the desert as a lawyer and, and uh, a lobbyist. Uh, any, any fun thoughts or discoveries about that and how you had to approach things other than, uh, like, the drugs? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have to lick the drugs. That's true. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys, compared to um, the rest of the cast, I feel like uh, our characters felt a little bit more at home at the burn, even if they are definitely not burners. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more loose. Their their workspace is definitely finding out where the gray area is, and like Ross is there to be the lawful, and Reagan is there to be the chaotic. And uh, I mean, somehow those roles switched <laughs> instantaneously. Um, they brought the they brought the fashion though. Of course, because mm-hmm. the checks were on point. A new, a new feature of Redacted Reports that we did not know we were missing until we found it was the fit check. <laughs> I, that's, I'm not super visual, but if I know what a character is wearing in a scene that can really set the tone, that's just, that's just a me thing. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Also, I feel like I have to quickly sidebar because this question was asked several times. Uh, Tiana, how many shirts are you wearing? One. Okay. I'm, I'm wearing a tank top and a sports bra. Okay. <laughs> it came up a couple of times in chat because people are, are uh, very into everyone's fits tonight, uh, but we're not sure how many layers you had on. So I figured I'd just ask and get the question answered. F- fair enough. Yes, no, it's a sports bra and uh, uh, a rainbow tank top. They arrived an hour before we left. Burn, 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 burn. Okay, um, <laughs> well done. For Ross, I think the, yeah. it was weird because they were just kind of like thrown in like are the missions normally like this and they're yeah. all like no and like okay <laughs> no explanation all right um no they're usually worse yeah yeah so we mentioned was, things at the beginning yeah i think it also be the drug do you have a question about the drugs or should we only no uh, okay. no 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 uh this is this i have a, a section that says popcorn what do we want to talk about yeah so so I, when it came to the part where ross and ross and reagan and rooster were just kind of out we were told to kind of just see like go hang on see what's going on and yeah. go there find was a out party what's and there was champagne it's like yeah he's gonna drink grab some of the champagne not thinking about it really and just and then that then the season happened. Yeah, Ross, and, and Ross got targeted somehow. Ross just seems to be getting targeted for things. Sometimes you just need an inciting incident, and sometimes the handler goes, "This will work." <laughs> I can't believe you made Rooster be the adult. That I, was so I funny. can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. That was great. It was all part of the healing process. <laughs> you had no idea, though. <laughs> oh, is that what they call it these days? It's better if you don't know. 
So uh, it's a little bit out of order, uh, but there's no real, there's no good segues here at this point. I'm sorry. So, but yeah, let's let's bounce back because it did come up and talk a little bit about um, Rooster and Elena because that was that <coughs> was a big that was a big piece of kind of unresolved uh, things from the interludes, and uh, it got resolved. Yeah. Um, I mean. Originally, when Elena was thought of, Dan said, hey, what do you think about a romantic interest for him? And then we proceeded to talk about what kind of person would be good for him and what kind of actual relationship they would have. And then we saw him actually become like a healthy human being, almost. And so ripping that out from under him was another way to to really see how he could come back. Dan told me he, we would see Elena this season at the burn. Mm -hmm. He told me that before session one. Yes, I actually had that return, that scene planned in my head the first time they met. Because mm. I knew something would go mm -hmm. wrong eventually. <laughs> I kind of had that thought in my head. Well, we and yet the about, little yeah. bit of a spoiler. We you know we do there there are some things that are quote-unquote scripted, um, so much improv, but things aren't necessarily, I'm the one that has a plot in my head. Um, the rest of them just kind of come along. It's bullet-pointed more than... Yeah. 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 And uh, I had this idea that they would meet in the temple, because the temple at the Big Burn and the temple at Little Burns as well is a very solemn place, and it's a, it's a place of healing. And I thought, oh, I, I want to have her show up there and Rooster run in, but not have it her because everybody's got a doppelganger or a clone out there, right? <laughs> no. Right? No. 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 Okay. no. All right. I'll no. take note. Just and, Trevor. And uh, sick. <laughs> um, oh so we, I, I did the, the, the fake out, you know, with yep. the initial one. And um, on purpose, I made sure that ASL was represented because. I want to include representation and diversity in in our, you know, in the uh, in the game. Um, and then I knew that at the end, because of the fake out, he wouldn't believe it the second time, because fool me once, right? Mm -hmm. Nope, <laughs> she was there. We're gonna get heavy, and we did, and it worked. It was. I thought it worked out really yeah. well. Meanwhile, I legitimately did not know how it was gonna go. I knew we would see her at the burn. And I'm glad I didn't, because up until even while I was just going, don't think, just talk. Yes, there is a difference. I do think before I talk a lot of times. Um, and now is the time you should continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even while doing that, I did not know if she was going to accept it, accept the apologies. I was ready for her to smack him or break down or just start laying into him. And I was as surprised as Rooster was that she took him back. And now we can actually see him at his lowest and now climbing back and seeing how he gets healthy after everything. And I will step out of moderator hat for two seconds and say on listener behalf and hat, I really appreciated the way that that whole arc went because I appreciated that it was not the obvious, how dare you ever, that it was actually 
two grown adults who have some issues having a healthy conversation about how do we move forward from this point? How do we resolve the unresolved space between us? Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to work out either, but you know, for this point, but for that moment, it was a healthy adult response to a very screwed up scenario. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice to see, especially in a game like this, where there's also <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to make sure that, that Elena asked, what are you doing to make yourself better? Because you can say that you're doing all these things, but if you don't actually do them, mm -hmm. you we, you need to do the work, right? Do the work. Yeah. You know, as hard as it could be, but but like you mentioned earlier, progress is progress. Even if you slide, progress is still progress. So, you know, I wanted to wanted to show that uh, she cared about him doing the work. Yeah. And it gave me the opportunity to show that he is mm -hmm. he's struggling, but he is doing the work. I got to introduce a lot of cool NPCs with the, with with this idea too. So. Yeah. Um, all right, I know we could talk about this for another 30 minutes, but we're not going to. We're going to shift gears <laughs> to something that might be a little lighter. I don't know. We'll see where you guys take this. Um, this season has probably been the most drastically different from the standard format of a Delta Green investigation since Arcel was sent on much more of a fact-finding preemptive search for a possible threat than in most of the past seasons where there has been an obvious uh, issue already. Um, or some impact from the threat, even if they don't, it's not, it doesn't turn out to be what they thought it was. Um, did this difference in format change your character approaches to seeking information and the way in which you chose to interact with people or who you chose to interact with? This is a little bit of a popcorn, so I will take raised hands, just like grade school. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Uh Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So, so first of all, I mean, Dan did in fact tell us right from episode one exactly where we should go to find out what we needed to find out, and then I promptly forgot it completely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I honestly I was just kind of okay. I'm gonna wander around and see if something happens to me, and no, it happened to Ross. <laughs> and then it happened to Ross again. Mm -hmm. Look, DJs can happen to anyone. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I mean, for, for myself, it did very much change because usually we go in with a list of names of people to go and find and talk to, and we know what the basic situation is, and we go in and we talk to the people who are connected to the situation and talk to the list of names, like I'm thinking back to Big Sky because Christy's been listening to it, and I'm remembering <laughs> Only some the of the people. the first half. <laughs> in first one half day. in one day was impressive. Work it's, was extremely boring. But it's, right. it's more of the formal procedural, right? right? Here's yeah. the Which dossier is, of what happened, mm -hmm. here's all these people connected who you can go talk to. And Which I'm much more comfortable with in general, like kind of wandering around and being like, I'm out in the general vicinity. What does Dan think is important enough to throw in my direction? And it was very interesting to see how the, the two plot lines called for attention at different times. And yes, we did get the Fried Marcel address <laughs> from the number station at the beginning. Okay, so I can, but, I can talk about this right now. I know that it's a segue, but it's a... No, go for it. We're going to get into it eventually. So this is, we're kind of in popcorn mode okay. for a minute until I loop us back in. So go um, for it. I wanted it fried Marcel. Marcel, Marcel, Marceau, mime. Marcel, name of the monkey um, on Friends, owned by Ross. <laughs> Marcel, monkey, ape. Oh, I don't Wait. know what that was. No throwing things in the room with the LED wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Expensive LED wall. It's pretty, look at that. 
Um, Amy will kill so, you. So, Marcel. Uh, that's where, that's, so that's where I got the Marcel, Marcel. On top of that, um, the idea and the concept of how did man evolve, there is something called the stoned ape idea, right? Which is this theory, concept, idea. I don't even think it's a theory, but it's an idea that man took drugs and event, or not man, but monkeys took drugs and evolved apes and so on and so forth. So I, with the way that the story, and spoilers, is that the aliens came down and gave them information and seeded intelligence, um, fried. They're not baked, they're fried. Baked ape. You know, stoned ape, baked ape, fried Marcel. That's where that came from. So it's a long way to get there, but that's that's why I came up. We with plant it. our Easter eggs deep. We've got a couple <laughs> more to get to later. <laughs> and, and then those and then those Easter eggs are the alien pods. There were no pods. It was totally normal Oh, what do you think the moles boxes. are? <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, the moles are. Yeah, obviously. Spoilers. <laughs> um, I, okay, I mean, like, since we're here, and since we're already in Fried Marcel, uh, you want to talk about the uh, hilarious red herring of the names? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of the, of the people. The, of the that, leaders that, of that I did not learn until Sunday. None of us did. All right, so I dropped the names of the, of the people. Um, and they're called, and so we've got Zeta Reticuli and Zeta Hercules. Because why not name your aliens after stars? Because they're obviously going to pay attention to the names that we name things, not their own names. But whatever, that's okay. We don't have to worry about that logic. Because Dan's not thinking that far ahead. But Dan is thinking about where are those two? Where are those two stars? Oh, they are in uh, Phi Cassiopeia. Phi Cassiopeia is a constellation, beautiful constellation, um, especially if you look up at it and if you get into astronomy, because it's also known as the Owl Cluster. Ooh, owls. Hmm. Why are we talking about owls again, right? And then also with that, what's the what's the scientific <laughs> like notification for the owl cluster? NGC four five seven. It's all connected. Oh my god! So and you guys didn't even red string this in Discord, which I was very impressed about. And I dropped this to them on on Sunday, and they were all looking at me like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Did I go too far? Absolutely. Will I do it again? Yes. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, so in case you were, uh, anybody had some questions about uh, how many Easter eggs we planted, there were a lot. Uh, I think now is also the point at which uh, I think a few people picked up on this early on but never really explored it. Um, all of the waveforms on the covers for every episode mm. are the names of the episode except for two. So have fun with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hide things, waveforms are great for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Just scroll down to my list. Um, oh, this was one that I was gonna uh, sig into earlier, and I'll have to remember if I can think of the other thing that very. Oh, I have a note about it. I'm smart. I sometimes leave myself notes. Good job. Yay! Pass the laundry. Important. Yeah, pass me. Actually, did a good job today. Um, Dan, it has been mentioned before. It was earlier today before sleep happened. Oh, okay. Oh, um, fair. Got it, got it. Still today, though. Um, <laughs> it's been mentioned before that you like to project pieces of the way you feel the, word, the world should be into these stories. Um, an example given uh, by the asker of the question was, River's boss is trying to be a good boss. He doesn't always succeed, but he is trying, trying. to do the right thing. 
Um, uh, another obvious example, which we are not going to talk about past the end of my sentence, um, is that in the world of the redacted reports, the pandemic was ended within like eight months because of proper controls and things like that. So we are not dealing with the aftermath of it in 2024 when season five takes place. Um, we're not going to get into all those sorts of things, but the question was sort of asked, are there other interesting ways in which that aspect of storytelling and putting the, the good of the way the world should work and not the way it does came up particularly in any of these last few arcs? And the really obvious one that I left myself a note about was Ruby, who we brought up. The idea of it's still going to be a hard road for Rooster, but actually giving him someone who can help maneuver all of that bureaucracy. But were there other instances that you deliberately or undeliberately planted in there that other people saw? Yes. Um, it goes It goes back to even to Beck and Bedlam on how uh, Jen responds to River. Um, mm. You know, there, there are times, tropes are formulas, and you bake a cake with the formula and a cake tastes good, right? But I wanted to make sure that I didn't fall into a lot of the negative tropes because we have enough of that in our real world. And in this game world that we have, we've got all of this existential dread, um, cosmic and eldritch horror that one thing that, we've, that I've always talked about and we've always talked about is that there has to be hope. Otherwise, why fight, right? So it doesn't have to be just the players. Everybody involved should be trying to make the world a better place. Um, police presence in the game, unless they're strictly an enemy, are going to be, hopefully, positive, positive role models. Authority figures are going to do what's best for their people, unless they're bad guys. We've got a lot less bad guys in the redacted report in the real life. Um, but the actions of, you know, uh, River's boss, uh, Jen, Ruby, and Ruby is actually a patron character. Thank you, Bomb Clancy. Bomb gave me a couple notes as to what we wanted, uh, you know, what, what she wanted with the character to do um, to help Rooster. And I was like, sweet, we're going to roll with it. Um, it turned out we had a lot of gem-named characters <laughs> this, uh, this go-around. Feels right for your ninth desert out of yeah, four. Yeah, we had an amethyst. We um. had a, yeah, so many. Um, the... You know, even Sam Squared, the you know the office mate, is very, you know, it's it's he's helpful. You know, even though he's based off of a very cynical and curmudgeoning person, but he's still helpful. I've tried to place that into all of the NPCs and the world, because again, there's just so much dark, shadowy stuff in real life that why not inject a little bit of light and hope into the fiction. Um, you know, if you have the pen, what good is the power of the pen if you don't make things a little bit better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, <coughs> Allison and the uh, Seabury and Grandin, <laughs> they may not necessarily be good guys. <laughs> the interns, they're trying. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, so trying everyone's patience. There's no, more than one. They're, they're trying really hard. Yeah, yeah. Christy, what are the interns doing? They're best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? And what are their names? Look. <laughs> I can go pull up the notes. I was going to say, good do you know who takes notes in this group? Oh, one of the oh best Oh, my things. God. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my God. You are amazing. <laughs> so everybody would, would take and okay notes. Sort on of. Own, we, on our own, though. Yeah. On their own. They and wouldn't share them with them. Them. Then all of a sudden, Christy joins the group, and we've got this like running, uh, running notes, which are mostly from 
Reagan's POV, which I'm okay with. Um, but wow, <laughs> I can go back and look to see what the hell I said beforehand and kind of tie things in. And this way we don't have, uh, you know, this could have been an email mm. type of uh, recap. It, it did. It did solve that problem. So <laughs> because it thank you it so much. I am yeah. so glad I contributed in more than one fashion. That, <laughs> I, it, it's, I don't think you realize how much you've contributed by doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. By making everybody's lives easier, mm -hmm. and you don't seem to resent it or begrudgingly do it. So. Yay. No, because as a deeply Type A person, <laughs> uh, I would rather have the paperwork provided. For whatever reason, um, that's just my damage. But um, yeah, no, it's also fun to have everybody in a dock adding things in and writing a note like, I'm so sorry, I didn't listen to this at all. I was looking for a GIF. Like, yeah. <laughs> the editorial comments on the side are yeah. my favorite part. Someone needs to tell you what happened in this scene because I was not listening. <laughs> or every once in a while there will be, I think this was important, but it's something that happened before, and I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, the like, boy, everybody seemed hurt by this statement. I, I don't know. Psychic I don't know trauma. what it was about. I'm Psychic sure I'll understand when yeah. I get through my lesson through. I know I'll, I'll get it when I get to the fish season. Maybe, That's usually the one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if people are nice enough, we might actually crib that and cut out spoilers, and that might oh, be a shit. patron exclusive. Maybe. That's, we'll we'll talk we about can that. We certainly discuss it. Um, absolutely. Or maybe not. I might get beat up by this person. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I do have one more, this is kind of jumping ahead more towards the sort of interludes. I have one more question about season five before we get into some kind of overall process type questions and some more behind the scenes. Um, this is uh, specifically targeting Joseph and Christy, um, but can then be opened up to the group. Um, there, uh, there is a fun, spicy reveal in the interludes that Ross and Reagan, in addition to knowing each other outside of mm. Marcel already, mm -hmm. also have a fully coincidental connection to Rowan, unrelated to the circumstances that brought them into our cell. Um, there is an interesting, a little bit of a story behind that, and so I'll throw it over to Joseph to explain a little bit about this story, and then I want to kind of open it up of, are there other instances where this has happened in the game that maybe we haven't talked about before? So. Sure, so um, Baz existed before Ross. Yes. That was recorded before I had come up with Brian slash Ross. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was building Ross, I was trying to come up with bonds for him. Uh, Christy, Christy's character, I had uh, a couple of people, and I was like, oh, what if you had a roommate? Oh, what if it's Baz? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you said it to me first. I did, I did, message, I did message Ren first, I'm like, hey, this is a crazy idea, but. And I was like, Rowan's going to hate this. Go for it. <laughs> and then I ran it by Dan, and everyone was like, yes. Oh, that was tasty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do the work for me, please. That, that's usually the answer is, blank will hate this. Do it. <laughs> yeah. And that could be a character or a person. So yeah, it was like, I could come up with another character that's Russ's roommate, or this other character that is also, like, already seems really cool, and just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so then Dan, did, did making Baz Ross's roommate and apparently an old fling, um, did that change anything about kind of how you, how you had envisioned Baz or Baz's character? Or did it just feed into the concept you already had? It didn't change anything. It absolutely fed into it. It was like, this sounds <laughs> perfect. And yeah, why not you know, Why not give Baz a little bit more time and uh, 
a little bit more spotlight. I, I like my NPCs. So. Well, and, and, and in fairness, prior to Joseph deciding that and then talking to me about that lift behind the curtain, Baz was entirely intended to be a one-time fling. That was never going to be a thing with, with Rowan because of Rowan's personality and nature. And then he brought that up and I was like, this is much more interesting. <laughs> now we'll make him a six times fling so that we have an excuse for this moment. Yeah. Okay, I just that was a fun, interesting thing that had yeah. come up at uh, one of our uh, at our Sunday that we keep alluding to. Yeah, that was actually um, a bit of a yes and when you made Baz setting character like like we used to have history right, and I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, feel I remember that, it I made like, sense. Yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like that would be in Baz's, you know. Yeah. That would be Baz's wheelhouse, and yeah. Baz seems to be the guy to keep friends with exes. Mm -hmm. And some things work, some things don't work, and yeah. if it's cool. And you know what? Rent in Sacramento is expensive. <laughs> I remember listening to that and in our, our group chats going, Wait, Baz and Ross had a thing? <laughs> and Joseph goes, Had? Question mark. <laughs> Yes, he is very pretty, isn't he? I, what, I, Reagan is allowed to be observant. <laughs> she certainly is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she and Oliver spend plenty of time eating popcorn going, oh yeah, he's been lifting. It was yeah. a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and it, it also kind of fits with Rowan, uh, you know, unknowingly hooking up with either exes or, or whatnot of other... I hadn't even put that together <laughs> until you just said that. Motherfucker! Aha! <laughs> As long as she didn't hook up with Elena in the between times. No, no, no. That was a, that was a, that she was... knows who Elena is. We'll not touch that with a twelve-foot pole. Thank you. Oh boy. Ooh. No. No. <laughs> no. No point at me. I mean, no, no. I, I was surprised that the that you know the use of the twelve-foot pole. I mean, oh. I mean, it's on the the. the I was expecting Dan to be like, I'm just gonna give someone a halberd in the next <laughs> season. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rooster can't use it well. Um, He's strong enough. I said well. Monkey. <laughs> All right. Katie's got a cover for you. Well, I think that's, I think that brings us to the end of my at least planned questions for season five proper. Other things may come up, though. Um, but I do have some, uh, some general process questions. This is where we talk a little more about how the sausage gets made to the extent that I will allow them to talk about it <laughs> uh, in public. Because um, there are certain things that people just don't need to know. Um, but this is some things that we do want you to know about. So, um, okay, everyone, prepare. This is the requisite. Tiana is such a good sound editor. Yay! <laughs> okay, got that out of the way. Yes, now that's out of the way. Um, so we have an actual question relating to that for once. Um, Tiana, we had a lot of conversations, we collectively and you and I specifically, we had a lot of conversations going into season five about how EDM, electronic dance music, for those of you who don't know, EDM is the heartbeat of the burn. And you were very upfront that you knew absolutely nothing about EDM or trance music. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about how adjusting to such a drastically different soundtrack for this season um, affected your, your editing? Was there any change to your process? Or just generally, what was that like? I mean, it made things take a little bit longer because uh, when I'm pulling music, I'm usually over in like the creepy strings, the low vibes, or something that's super action-packed for fight scenes or running away. Usually running away. <laughs> Unless it's a hallway. Well, that's a whole other... <laughs> and it's running through. But... Yeah. 
Yes. Um, the only experience that I really had with EDM prior to working on this season is I love Lindsey Sterling's music, and that is technically EDM. Yeah. Uh, I don't think of it that way because I started with her before she started getting deeper into dubstep. Anyway, um, I was very grateful for your help and for Dan's help because you two know EDM pretty well. And I was like, uh... There is a document in one of the folders that is specifically music recommendations. I didn't use all of them. I didn't even use most of them. But what I did do was go to those. Uh, I use Epidemic Sound for uh, music and most of the sound effects. The rest I either make. If you ever seen with a little hand recorder in my hand, that's what I'm doing. Or I pull them off of uh, freesound.org. Um, and it was... As the season progressed, I started to get more of a feel for the different kinds of EDM. Because my biggest concern, and Dan and I talked a lot about this, yeah. is that I associate EDM with a very heavy bass track. And heavy bass is really difficult to put under spoken word, especially when it's not scripted. Because our volume levels vary so wildly. And I do what I can with compression and things like that. But there will be times when someone comes in. And then there's a huge noise that happens, and I can't balance those. And then under all of this is this heavy bass note, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm screwed, y'all. But I did come to get more of a sense for it and find things that were more um, synthy. I think yeah. is the word that I want. More synthy mm -hmm. than bassy because I was looking for. Alexi, I think, was my favorite <laughs> track. The name of that track, for anyone who wants to go find it on Epidemic Sound, is I'm All That, which is perfect Jeez. for Alexia. <clears throat> and I, I started to have fun with it. I started to come and enjoy it, and it was good for me because I tend to hang out in my little like classical musical corner and hiss at all the rest of it when it comes to underlying background music. But this was really good for me, and I'm starting to bring more of it in. Um, Christy actually suggested at one point bringing in like a lo-fi mm -hmm. sound underneath things and I, I came to really love that. So now I'm pulling that into more places. Uh, it's good for me. You know, the day I stop learning is the day that I die because this is, it's interesting going back and listening periodically to stuff from season one. The show, the way I edit it is just so different. And you know, this was part of the growth process. It, sucked. It was hard. <laughs> I didn't like it at first, but I came to enjoy it. Is the, the you know basically the primary storyteller. I have these visions in my head. I think visually and have, you know, auditory thoughts and think about different music and backgrounds. And I realize that I can't always say them or, you know, say exactly what I want behind. But when Ren gets gets done with these, uh, especially with the music in this one, it fit and nailed perfectly. So the my vision, or yeah, my vision, because what I can't think of another word for it, came out in the audio perfectly. It was, it, it yeah, high five. Um, and that, uh, again, kind of leads into the other editorial question that came up, which may end up into a segue of some really fun stories if we decide to go there. Um, uh, it has been mentioned, I think, in every talkback thus far that Tiana has said she will actively uh, murder people if we try to make her edit more than five tracks. And as you can see, <laughs> there are now six people sitting at this table as cast members. Um, how has adding another voice to the cast affected your editing process, if at all? And do you want to, as a tradition, do you have any new tricks that you want <laughs> to share that you learned from 
part of that process. Um, one of the first things that, that happened, I got a new laptop. My laptop has a bigger screen. And suddenly I could see five tracks at once. And that was when I went, oh, because the biggest hang up for me was that I could only see four tracks at once. So I would do a scrub and then go back to pick up the fifth track. And I was like, I can't do that with six tracks. I just, I can't. But suddenly I could see five tracks at once, which meant I could go back and, and just scrub that last sixth one as part of the, the back track. And that made it so much easier. Um, yeah, it, it changed things and it didn't, sure. if, if that makes sense, because like, I still do go through my same process in general. Uh, one of the biggest changes that has been happening this season, you won't see it, well, you won't see it at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is an audio podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but one of the things that I have started doing because of things that Thomas has said that, that Alondra and I have talked about extensively is uh, keeping the voice tracks separate all the way through the edit. That made my brain hurt a lot because I was looking at it and going, oh my God, and I'm going to now have like six, even if they're small tracks, six tracks while I'm adding music, sound effects, ambiance, all of that stuff. But in a lot of ways, it makes things faster because when I do the scrub through, I'm picking up for sounds like the loud breathing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mouth noises, um, people drinking from, from metal uh, glasses, from, from, from metal cups with ice in them. Everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast, we do not clean these up because we don't have ISO records for the talkbacks. So you will hear all the things that Ren normally cuts. Yep. And that, so. is, that, that is one of the interesting things about doing the unredacted reports as opposed to the redacted they're performance. fully unredacted. Very much so. But we don't have any cat crunch. Yeah, well, we, we couldn't import Sparta. I'm sorry. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. when 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 they're still uh, separate like that, usually I would go through and do like the full scrub to pull out all of those noises, people typing, people like clicking mouses, the pauses on that sort of thing. And then I would bring it down to one file and bring it over for editing. If I missed any of that stuff, I had to go back to the original track, scrub that part, copy it all again, clip it all down again, and then bring it back in. Having all the tracks separate, once I got used to it, made that made it made all the rest of it be a lot faster. Now I will say, I've mostly done it for the interludes at this point. So I haven't done it with all six tracks. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process and it's practice, and it's always fun to hear about you trying new techniques, whether they are fully new or just new to you mm -hmm. because that's how you grow and develop uh as some an of the interludes did have four of us yeah but yeah. but but before i could mm -hmm. still do so uh for people who, who know audacity there's a, there's an option to sync lock tracks i didn't realize how the the groups got locked that was some deep dive uh googling to be like i need to be able to clip out all of it when when dan goes back and restarts his sentence i have to be able to do that or it's going to come out of sync um, and I figured out how to do it. It's it's by it's by the uh, the label track. Yeah. Um, if anybody, uh, yeah. Before we reveal too many secrets, if anybody would like to hire Tiana for editing consulting, you can <laughs> inquire by emailing uh, uh, through our contact form on the Directed Active Reports website, and we will get back to you uh, if uh, Faye has available time. <laughs> um, One of these days, I'm going to put together a video that's for the patrons just to just to be like, hi, here's the process. So. Didn't you start say that in season two? You yep. know what? Yup. <laughs> hey, I have never had time. Someday is any day that has not yet happened. That's true. So you can yep. continue saying someday until the day that it I, is done. I was just checking. Yeah. So, um, 
spinning off of that, of course, we do have the classic uh, question. Do you have any particular effects or editorial bits of wizardry that you're especially proud of? And then my editorial, do we want to talk about the cursed recordings? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the fun one first. Yeah, let's talk about the fun <laughs> one. Tearing Brian's car apart. <laughs> <laughs> that one was so much fun. Which one? Terry yeah, Bryan's car apart with, oh, with, with the wind demon. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, yes. I'm so proud of that effect. Bisected Prius. It yeah. was great. There was a lot of wind. There was some bending metal that you may have heard before, specifically when River fell down the stairs the first time. First time. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was not on the uh, on I was one of the only other people that got to hear things in advance because we needed somebody to write summaries and things since obviously we couldn't have the rest of the group help because we were playing that closed room, uh, and so I just see pop up into the chat. Does this sound like a car getting torn in half? And I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. Let me listen. <laughs> that is funny to think. I forget how much of that was out of context yeah. for everybody else. So it's just yeah. like, uh, I've not heard the episode yet. So all I hear yeah. is like, does this sound like a car? And I'm like, excuse me? Okay, sure. And the one you found was like so good. I built that stuff. Yeah, yeah the one there, you there were, There's like totally seven out. tracks in that, in so that particular thing. I'm very proud of how that, that came out. The only other one that I'm as proud of is uh, the dream sequence stuff with, with Roaring. <laughs> Which is, I think, called and still called a uh, uh, world tearing apart. Yeah, we just like tearing things, tearing cars, tearing really reality. Chilly. It's a retired sound. <laughs> You're not allowed to use that again. I, <laughs> I think you shared the sound by itself before we got to listen to the episodes. Maybe or or something. Possibly. I don't remember exactly, but you shared that sound, and we were just like, <laughs> I, I pulled a full Keanu Reeves going. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I was I was very pleased about that. So that that was my favorite one. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my favorite sound that that you did was when uh, Ross zoomed and teleported. Oh yeah, oh. the whoosh. Oh yeah. the whoosh. Oh, yeah. That I yeah that that was ah, chef's kiss. That that was great. I did pull directly from Epidemic Sound. That one was great. Sometimes, sometimes it's about what you build, and sometimes it's about finding that perfect like ah oh, yeah that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, what was your least favorite sound this season? Anything with squishing or... Oh, I, I thought it was the sound of the mic record failing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we did have some very cursed uh, recording sessions. We had uh, the, last, the last session, eagle-eared... Bat-eared uh, uh, observers might might notice a change. Like eagles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are for eyes. Bats are for ear. Bats can't hear though. It's echo. Uh, yeah. No, but no, but they can. No, bat. No, anyway. that's not. You might anyway. call a dolphin then. Um, there, there, there's a bit in the last uh, session that if you're paying attention, you'll you'll notice that Dan's sound changed because uh, his mic fully failed. Yeah. There's also an entire episode where you might notice that Dan's mic changed. Um, hopefully it's subtle. What you might not notice is that the first 30 minutes of the episode was re-recorded and plugged in. Thank God for, <laughs> for transcription services. I could just feed Dan's, Dan's sound file into that. It's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Beck in Bedlam ended, was originally slated to be four episodes. It was ended up being five, and the original like two days of recording ended up taking, I think, an entire month because every time 
Dan and Seth tried to record, there was a dog or a storm or a power outage or a flood on somebody's end. And uh, we literally were like, are we cursed? Did we anger the Elder God? Yes. Like, what's happening? Yes, we did. And I we mean, still have. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly the librarians just do not want things getting out. No. Yeah. And then there was at least one other session where... I mean, Seth's computer right now loves making him into an 80s kung fu movie. <laughs> and then there was also, like, there was one time where I think Joseph, Seth, and Dan all had to reboot their computers before we could even start recording. It's been yeah, an I, interesting one this year. I, I, this I, I have a pre-flight checklist uh, for our for beginning of our records, and I have added to that, have you restarted your computer sometime in the last hour? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and there was one episode of Beck and Bedlam where for a couple of days we thought I was going to have to re-record the entire episode. Oh my god. Okay, so I I, I, worked, with <laughs> I worked with someone who is truly incredible with sound. You think I'm good? Oh yeah. Uh, I, oh, I, I handed right. this sound file to Alan Strickland who composed the, the piece of music Rowan Rising. You hear pieces of it throughout uh, Ancestors and I was freaking out because I listened to this and I was like, oh my god, this is unusable. This is absolutely unusable and I, I Alan listened to it and he was like, oh no, I can fix that. Really? You can? And he did. An yeah. hour later, he handed it back to me and said, try that. And I was like, I love you. I love you so much. You are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this last few has just been particularly cursed. Uh, yeah, because we had that one. We had, we had a lot of sessions that got uh, rescheduled because of uh, literal acts of gods and nature. Um, and we had a few episodes that if you really listen for it in the middle of, of season five, um, had some problems, including one that was a, what was it? Uh, we ran Dan's Zoom mic recording or webcam mic recording through a transcription service to get the script. Dan re-recorded it, and yep. then I laid it into the track that Ren had already edited which would and we, handed it back for uh, sound effects to be applied. Which was actually part of why the conversation of keeping separate tracks began, because she had to deal with my was like, sense of it being in one, fall, well, uh, one line. Because I was very much like, I'm going to do this to help, but I'm going to tell you right now that I could have done it in a third of the time if all of the tracks were individual. And I just, this is why I argue about that. And that, uh, <laughs> it was a big argument, but it opened up a really good conversation about, like, use case of, Maybe this is worth trying. Yep, and I mean, um, so so far I'm enjoying it. I have said to her multiple times, "You were right." I don't need the right. <laughs> I just want people to keep learning, want to share my knowledge because that's my experience as an audio editor. And then the rest of us hear about it after the fact, after we keep hearing or seeing in the chats, swearing, swearing. But now, oh we, my God! And then we hear about it later. Yep. But now we have protocols on what to do and the tools that we could use to fix it, like the, the transcript and other other ways. So we learn, yeah. we learn, and- um, We learn, we grow, we change. Yep. And there have always been backups in place, and those backups also keep evolving as we learn new technology, which is super helpful. Um, All for you people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like how we usually remember to make a Zoom recording in addition We've to- We've gotten it. better at it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why we had to re-record Dan stuff was because I forgot to turn on the Zoom recording for the first half hour. At least the webcam picked up. At least there was a sound file 
somewhere that we could use to transcribe. And then Dan was very kind and we recorded because I was like, I can't, I can't save that. I was going to go through and, and transcribe and then you were like, oh, there's a program. <laughs> the next thing I know, I've got a couple pages of, of text that of I script. get to read. I'm like, sweet, this is easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we're going to, we're, we're winding down, we're wrapping up, we're getting to the end. So I have a very quick question that we're going to briefly talk about, which is, uh, in addition to having too many arcs in a full season, uh, in the span of time since our last talk back in, in September, um, we've Jeez, also. Was, was it <laughs> I should have waited. I should have known that was going to get an hour <laughs> old uh, reaction. Um, in the midst of all of this, we also released two spin off projects. We released For the Record, which is a found audio uh, series with interviews conducted by Samantha Hodgson in her capacity as an FBI agent, and Wearing Tinfoil, an AM radio conspiracy theorist riff uh, in the vein of Art Bell's Coast to Coast. Um, so mostly for Dan and Tiana, uh, can you briefly share just, and I mean briefly, share anything about the impetus behind these side projects, where they, they came from, and how and why they're different from the main, uh, contact? Well, it was primarily your idea. You came to me with both of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead, you, you start, I'll, I'll pepper in as it's appropriate. So... For the record, I thought would be a great way for Ren to go out and just and talk to people and also get different voices involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to show, I want us to show that the Delta Green universe is bigger than just our cell. And one way to do that is to interview people about weird things that happen. And in Rowan's capacity, Agent Hodgson's capacity, uh, in you know the Department of Theoretical. Uh, Resources. resources, sorry. It's an R word. Yeah, and <laughs> theoretical resources. Um, they would be able to go out and talk to all these people, and that's how they find out their stuff, and then mm-hmm. pass it along to, to Delta Green. And you had a little, you know, little handy uh, hand mic uh, recorder, and so gave you a chance to go go play. Yeah, and, and, and in that capacity, I, I have to be very careful, like, I want audio to be pretty. I want audio to be perfect because that is my art form. Samantha regards uh, sound recording the way that I regard photography as uh, a, a means of documenting, not necessarily as her art form. Uh, and um, I was informed early on that I was not allowed to edit these. Correct. <laughs> I was informed that I already had enough on my plate and if I tried to add one more thing, I was going to get bapped with a rolled up newspaper. That is not the words I said. I said you're going to burn out and it's going to kill the show and then it's going to be your fault. <laughs> that, that hit me with a newspaper, Alondra. <laughs> I just want to be very clear about the language that I used. I'm not that cute in real life. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I, have to, I, have, I have very little to actually do with that podcast. I show up, I hit record, and I set it down, and then I talk to someone, and then I hand the, the, the sound file That's off literally to all of the content of the podcast. Pretty much. That's... Well, but not entirely true, because one of them was almost uh, inaudible because of wind stuff, because I did not realize how sensitive the microphone on that thing is. Microphones. It's in stereo. So we do have to do a little, there's a little bit of, like, zhuzh that is required uh, from audio editor brain, but um, yeah. like, please sock your mics if you're going to record outside, or just don't record outside. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to stop recording outside because it's very sensitive. I didn't realize how sensitive. Yeah. 
wearing tinfoil on the other hand <laughs> is not sensitive. As grungy as you could get. Yeah. <laughs> um, wearing tinfoil, I have I have always loved Art Bell's Coast to Coast. And one of my goals, like what I wanted to do even before I met any of these folks, was I wanted to do a podcast similar to that. That was not welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> um, because that, you know, they, they obviously took that and put their own spin on it and put on excellent, excellent product. And then here I realized, oh, I can do something, you know, an, another fun little thing to spin off with. And so, yeah, it's it's really a Art Bell, you know, coast to coast ripoff with two hosts and it's me and Alex uh, going back and forth and telling stories. We have, we have stuff planned. We've got plans and fancy pants to match. Um, or so fancy sarongs to match. Yeah, fancy sarongs to match, yeah. and uh, you know they're they'll be up on uh, our website with that, unless for some reason we might want to put it in the main feed. But I don't know why we would want to do something silly like that. Can't imagine. Can't imagine at all. But yeah, look for look for some more. And soon. yeah, and those are things that we are not putting behind the Patreon. Those, uh, but you do have to go hunt for them. You do have to go check our website. This was a clever ploy that I think I pitched where mm -hmm. we, uh, in order to get people to actually look at the website. Um, I do want to put it out there that while the, uh, for the records, might be in chronological order. They're not. They're not. They're not? Okay, they good. They are very much not in order. Good, because yeah. WTF is not. Basically, it's it, the concept and the idea is that somebody found this, uh, this radio show, Grab their favorite clips and then uploaded them somewhere. Yeah, it's a creepy bucket, box of tapes that someone found in a basement and went, "Ooh, I'm gonna share these." And for the record, is somebody opened a file folder and went, "God, what was the system here?" and just started <laughs> uploading. <laughs> so uh, exactly. So while some of them might occasionally pertain to our cell things, some of them don't, and there's no guarantee that anything is in any particular order. I've got a question for Dan about this. Okay. Which voice is more fun? for you, because you do a lot of voices, but particularly the WTF voice or Alexia? <laughs> My favorite, Alexia. Absolutely Alexia. <laughs> I like doing... Because you complain about Alexia's voice cry. a lot. I did. I did complain about it, and then I found a happy spot for it, and now it's not a problem. <laughs> okay. Not a problem at all, just through practice, because mm. Alexia Preston is amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're gonna start winding it down. Um, I'm gonna give, uh, let's do a couple more of these quick rapid fire questions. So again, the rule is you are not allowed to explain your answer, you are just allowed to answer the question. Okay, uh, answer as quickly as you're able, keep your words legible. Your speed does not have to be in your voice, just your response. Pickle. Um, so uh, this was, a, I think, a good uh, question. Um, which NPC from these arcs that we've talked about would your uh, play you as a player want to go to the burn with? Give you a couple of moments to think on that. I already have my answer. Great. Go. Um, <laughs> no, I would absolutely go with Hagrid Hefner. Like, what a guy! Um, he knew what he was about. He's got the hookups to all of the different clubs, and he gets to uh, play with lights, which is one of my favorite things to do. I don't know if Reagan cares about that too much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he would be my jam. Awesome. So we're giving up on the not explaining. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, uh, no, explain. No, that's fine. As long as you keep it brief. Christy was so concise that it didn't even feel like she was explaining it. So, <laughs> does that mean you have an answer? Um, best guess, the doctor. Mm. Nice. Okay. 
I don't think you have to explain that one, so that's totally valid. Probably random. It just the kind of relatively chill dude that takes care of stuff and you can kind of hang with and knows what what's going on and yeah. make sure people are taken care of. And has access to all the booze. I, I say random for much the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts from... I can't. There were so many... There's like, there's at one hand so many people, and also I can't remember any of the names. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. Although I will say, I would love to, to knock around with Thorn because I think it would be a wild adventure. <laughs> it would be just the, the weirdest, creepiest thing. Divisive. <laughs> Nobody said Trevor, but I thought people loved Trevor. Trevor. I do love Trevor. Everyone loves Trevor. <laughs> everyone. Not everyone. everyone. All, all oh, Trevors are welcome everyone. here. Uh, <laughs> so, also, right. I, I, would, I would like to say something real quick. Um, Hagrid Hefner is based off of my yes. roommate James. James is a lighting tech. James is a fantastic human being, and I try to portray James as James. As, as James. <laughs> That's why he's also known as King James Camp. Um, so hopefully, James, if you see this, you are loved. And Random <laughs> is also Jack, my buddy oh, Jack, and I think Jack's watching tonight. Um, so uh, and Jack does do great food. Um, hopefully, at the next time we go to the burn, Jack is going to be doing a big thing of paella. So, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you're in luck and these are actual people who you could actually go to the burn with. Jack, call me. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the doctor is uh, Duncan, Duncan McLeod, a, a beautiful person with a great big heart. Who I actually so. met 10 years ago today, as my memories told Check me. Check that out. <laughs> 10 years ago So today. yeah, all three, of, all three of those NPCs, again, based off of real people that are fantastic people and uh, know that you're loved and hopefully I portrayed you in a way that, that uh, people realize that. Yeah. All right. Uh, just really fast, it was hilarious when we were looking for the gels. <laughs> I was really waiting for someone to ask you to go wash gels. It was my one joy. I was hoping someone would ask you to help go either stretch gels or wash gels. Because, but it was like half of us were trying so hard not to know what they were called. Yeah. I to, did not know what they were called. Yeah, to know nothing about theatrical equipment was a deep challenge. It was rough. For like half yeah. the cast. <laughs> because all of us have spent time behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, uh, it is okay if you don't have an answer for this one, because this is a little bit more of a deep dive. It came in late, so I wasn't able to prep you guys for it. Um, this one you don't get to explain. It is the one sentence. It's like the game you play at the baby shower or the wedding. If your character from the last episode of season five would give one sentence of advice to your character from the first episode in which they appeared, mm. what would it be? Oh. Joseph, you can do Ross now to to Ruth Hollow or Horror Ross, or you may do it to episode one Rory. Your call. Ooh. Um, I'll let you all take a moment to to cognate on that and see if anybody has a response. You don't all have to answer, but I thought it was a fun thing to pose. If our character from the last, from like interlude Char season five. Character from interlude 5.5 speaking to the first time your character appeared on the show. So for River, Rowan, and Rooster, that is episode one of season one. Hmm. And for Reagan, that is the first episode mm -hmm. of Ruth, and you can do either episode one, Rory, so either or- either Rory or Ross. Yeah, or Ross from Ruth. Okay. Life is worth it. Great. Hmm. Trust your team, but don't take your eyes off them. Valid. <laughs> Too real. Uh, I'm caught somewhere between uh, get a second vehicle. <laughs> yeah, tracks. Or snow boots. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Let's see, for Ross. Come back to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's. You're going to have to break the rules sometimes. Ooh. Ooh. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Dan? Yeah. <laughs> for Ross, I'm going to go with don't drink the champagne. That was <laughs> <laughs> correct. For Rory, I'm trying to think if. So Rory is right now, I guess, post retirement. Yeah. Um, no idea. Retire sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't go. Yeah. Just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't go. go. No. Um, I don't go know. to sleep. <laughs> Enjoy sleep. <laughs> okay. No, but still, I think that's a really great answer. So thank you for taking yeah. that one and running with it because I know that's kind of a, a tricky one. That was a good question. Whoever sent that um, in, thank you. Yes, I have it listed down somewhere and I don't remember. I'm sorry. But thank you. It was a really good question. Um, okay. Uh, one more before I do my my long, obnoxious closing monologue that everyone's been not looking forward to. Last one. This is a classic. This one, I genuinely mean it. You do not get to explain. All you get to say is your list. This is Mary Shag Cliff. We do it the British way, so we uh, say fuck slightly fewer times on the show. Um, Mary Shag Cliff, DJ Spider, Alexia Preston, and Trevor. Spider J. I also I called him DJ Spider and Spider J. Oh, I specifically wrote DJ Spider okay. for that joke. Okay. Yes. But yes. So Spider J. Spider J. Alexia. Alexia Preston, Trevor, Mary Shag Cliff. You cannot like there isn't you must assign one to one somewhere. You have to make this decision and you do not get to explain your choices. Is this his character or person? Person. I mean as as, as player. All right. The player. So, These are player questions. Mine. Because I know what's gonna happen. Yes. I'm marrying Trevor. <laughs> Gonna shag Alexia Preston. And I've already murdered Spider Jack. <laughs> Excuse me? That is valid. <laughs> Keep no no explanation, uh, no commentary. You just get to present I'm your list. Mary Trevor. Um Shag Spider J. And, uh, and Cliff, Cliff Alexia. Alexia. Right. Hmm. <laughs> I know it's hard, right? I had to go for one that was gonna actually be difficult, mm -hmm. so. Shag Trevor. Okay. Mary Alexia. And <laughs> yes, exactly. And Cliff uh, Spider J, because fuck him. <laughs> no, don't give him. That's the point. Nobody's going to believe you anyway. Hello, <laughs> Legends of Avantress. We are. <laughs> we are playing Mary Shag Cliff, so your timing is perfect. Good to have you all here. It's been a minute. <laughs> It glanced down at the exact perfect time. Oh my god, this is such a massive raid. Welcome, welcome, oh friend. This, uh, this is our talkback for uh, season five of the Redacted Reports, which is the actual play Delta Green podcast that we create and produce. And uh, Quest and Chaos so lovingly and wonderfully distributes for us. Uh, we're just doing some like hilarious popcorn questions and watching everyone lose their mind. And I have just asked them to play Mary Shag Cliff with three of the most hated NPCs from the last season uh, uh, we've had a mixed bag of answers so far uh, I'm, uh. I'm torn on this but Cliff Spider J Shag Alexia and Mary Trevor okay same as Dan mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm on I'm on boat with that one Four yeah alright alright I mean <laughs> what? I don't so know. Special. Why do we three hate? of my favorites, personally. Yeah. So. Sick. 
<laughs> Can I just roll a one d six to figure out this? <laughs> Gross. Uh, yes, I know. I was, I was on the, the same train as Dan for a while, but I think I've changed to. Uh, I mean, Spider J Cliff. <laughs> um, <laughs> no we're questions. pretty universal on this. Yeah, nobody likes that guy. Um, uh, Mary Alexia. Uh, 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 Stop Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. She uh, was very rich. That's I mean, where, that's why I was yeah. debating. That's exactly what I was debating between. And we have known because there are two Trevors. We do know that there are clones of Trevor. Which means the two of you can marry Trevor. Or. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All of us oh went there. Boy. Oh, boy. Just saying. Well, and on that note, I think it's time for us to sum up. Uh, uh, control room, please go ahead and leave us on the main screen. Don't zoom in because I have a bit that has to be done as part of this, unfortunately. Um, uh, first of all, I do want to do, take a quick moment to acknowledge that we did get some bits throughout the night. I wanted to save them and just announce them at the end so we didn't disrupt the flow. So thank you to the Hefner, Lockenstock, Duke Fleeg, and the Dead Boy. All of your bits are wonderfully loved and appreciated and will go towards uh, paying our rent. Because that's what all bits go to and we appreciate it immensely. So, this is the boring announcement portion of the evening. Um, those of you who saw the drop that happened in the main feed earlier are going to know that um, we are taking a month off of regular main feed story drops. This is um, mostly so that our uh, lovely editor Tiana has a chance to get caught up and or ahead on editing and the rest of us don't have to uh, murder them. Uh, <laughs> because uh, we don't want burnout to happen and uh, we hope that you guys understand and appreciate that. Um, we don't want to have to scramble. We want to have everything at the quality that you're expecting. So we're going to take a little bit of time off. That said, that doesn't mean we're going fully dark. Um, for all of our listeners, on June 9th, it's a couple Fridays from now, we will be unredacting one of the supplemental case filed supplemental case files called Evaluation. The supplemental case files are curated by a couple of our H-Cell agents, Agent Homer and Agent Harold. Um, Evaluation was originally released um, almost exactly concurrently with season four and delved into some of Rooster's backstory. Um, so our patrons have already read it, but we are gonna make that available to everyone. It will be available on the Redacted Reports website. Speaking of our patrons, if you happen to be a member of our Patreon or you want to become one now, um, you should keep an eye out starting this Friday for a new supplemental case file called Loose Threads. And that is literally all we are going to tell you about it. So keep an eye out. That is for patrons at every level. And if you are a $10 note patron, you might be getting a fun audio surprise during this dark month. So keep checking your patron, Patreon and your uh, emails and see uh, what pops up there. Um, lastly, I could never find a good time to actually do this bit like throughout the thing, so I just saved it to the end. But um, fun story, we do have some new merch. Um, oh. It's been a long time coming. Uh, it will be dropping on the website hopefully within the next few days, but we have some previews. So first of all, uh, the most unhinged thing I think we've ever created, we have a Redacted Reports logo fuzzy blanket. It's very soft. Um, that is very soft. You can pass it around. Um, and this will uh, be going home with Dan. This was the sample uh, test. Uh, we haven't seen these. Yeah, no, nobody has seen these. 
Uh, sorry, I have to bend all the way down. Um, we also have a very important uh, initiation gift for our newest member. Um, the impetus behind this. We have a new mug, <gasps> which says, "Yes, I am covered in science." <laughs> uh, so uh, pass this around, but this will be going home with uh, our lovely Christy. Thank you very much. And then we have, of course, a tumbler featuring all of the oh, drink chibis. These were designed by our listener DB, and we immediately were like, "Hello, can we have permission to use these on merch? Because these are amazing." Uh, so this is a wonderful tumbler. You can put all of your caffeinated or uncaffeinated beverages in these. Um, you can probably hide wine in it too if you want to get on with Reagan. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is going to be uh, dropping. We are also going to have, um, I believe, T-shirts and hopefully posters of the Team 1 and Team 2 uh, official character art, which is what you saw on the slate, and you can kind of see in the little boxes below. Everybody, that's right, we have a Rory. So we have a full row of Team 1 RSL too, that you yeah. can get. Mm -hmm. um, there might be some other things popping. It's been a while since we've dropped any merch. If there's other stuff you want to see, please give us feedback through the feedback form on our website, <laughs> um, because we don't know what people want, so we don't know what to make. Um, but anyway, that's just a fun little uh, note to leave it on. Um, I think with that, we're we're gonna well um, wrap it up for this evening. <laughs> we're gonna go home and get some sleep. Does anyone have any brief parting thoughts for our listeners? Thank you for your kind words about the uh, the passing of Ophelia and not wanting to murder me. Um, <laughs> I am not sorry that I made you cry, um, but I am. I am touched that it touched so many folks because uh, she has been since since I brought her in and she is a uh, analog to my aunt Clara. Clara, um, the fact that I've been able to tell the stories, I don't have any more new stories to tell you because I think I've told you all the good juicy ones anyway, <laughs> ones that I can tell. Um, so thank you for that. That uh, that meant a lot to me. And uh, yeah, these guys are awesome. These guys. Also tying into what, what Alondra said earlier, we we wouldn't be able to do a lot of what we do without our patrons. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much to the patrons of the Redacted Reports. We um, we probably could do this without you, but we really just don't want to, and it would sound <laughs> worse because uh, the microphones that these folks use are we're all purchased with patron money, which mm -hmm. we really truly appreciate. So thank you all so much, uh, and we do have some fun ideas coming up. So keep an eye out. And even if you're not able to be a patron, we truly appreciate how much all of our listeners share and follow all of our social media and things like that because you are really one of the biggest reasons we've had growth is by getting the word out. Please continue to do that. How cool was yeah. it to find listeners on a cruise? <laughs> <laughs> I met people on the Joko cruise who listen and didn't know I was there, and it was very cool. I was pleased. And thank you. I got to, slightly fangirled at. Thank you to Agent Harker for taking care of all the stuff that none mm -hmm. of the rest of us want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I've heard from a, a few different listeners that our podcast inspired you to start making art again. Mm -hmm. Either like the fan art, actual visual art, or writing. Um, this has been such a positive part of my life for the last years and it's gotten me doing certain types of art that I didn't used to do or haven't done for a long time so the fact that's one of the biggest compliments you could give us is that we've inspired you to make art I've, so thank you for that 
I do want to point out that we are approaching three years of having uh, been recording this. So thank you all for an amazing three years, and here's to many more ahead. So thank you all. Uh, if you do make fan creations uh, and you would like us to see them, uh, please tag the social media. Uh, if you don't know, I go by the moniker Agent Harker, and I run all of the social media and like 85% of the behind the scenes uh, communiques. The other 15% is probably Ren or Dan. Um, but uh, it's mostly Ren. Um, but tag us, and I will sh and I will make sure that things get shared with folks. We love to see your creations and uh, your thoughts. Just don't pretend to be us. We will find you, and we know people that we will send to find you. Uh, but all of that said, thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna go uh, get some sleep, unlike most of the RSL characters. Um, so thank you, and we will uh, be dropping back into your feeds by July, if not sooner. Um, check out Quest on Chaos in the meantime. They've got programming mm -hmm. all through June, including some where you can see Ren in even gayer outfits than this. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you all so much. Good night. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Ben Sislawski and I play Rooster. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season five is based on two stories. The first is Reverberations by Shane Ivey, and the other is an original story by me, Dan Voshkevich. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us, First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Robbie Nowell, Naya Fenris, J. Matthews85, O. Mateo, Flynn Gallagher, and Phoenix Team Handler Dennis. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland. You could find him at alanstrickland.net. That's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, for his classical compositions. Join us next week. Our own reality bends and shifts, molding the facades we carry daily into grotesque visions we can barely imagine. Echoes of the Monarch will take us beyond this industrial hellscape to a verdant valley filled with creeping horrors. The Grand Ball making ghouls of us all. <laughs>